Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him by the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Glovers Cast. My name's Ben. That's Dave over there. Say hello, Dave. Hello, Dave. Brilliant. And Ian Perkins serves the final of his three podcast ban for going on holiday during the football season. So we've called in uh, more than adequate uh, reinforcements in the form of Sheridan Robin. Say hello, Sheridan. Hello, Sheridan. How are you both? Excellent, excellent, excellent. We are all, well, we're recording on a Sunday morning and I think we're all feeling a bit frustrated at what we all saw yesterday we were all at moss road moss road moss lane. jay david lane. moss lane the jay davidson stadium for the so near yet so far two all draw between the glovers and altrincham we're going to break that down chat about it and uh, think about what comes next because it ain't going to get any easier any time soon for the glovers as we continue to search for our first win of the season so Sheridan and I were up in the press box. So, Dave, I'm going to come to you first. Let's start with a, a horrible podcast cliche question. If you had to sum that performance up in three words, what would you go for? Almost. Can I have one word? You can have one. You can definitely have one. Yeah. 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 It was almost, wasn't it? It was, <laughs> um, yeah. It was, uh, we'll, we'll come on to the levels of Hargreaves ball that were on show, but uh, or, or or not on show as the as the case may be. But uh, but yeah, I, I it was there were there were moments of it, weren't there? There were flashes where you know we we, we kept the ball nicely in midfield. There were flashes where um, we went forward and we we looked like we were going to do things. There were then, then there were the on. The unfortunate flashes where uh, we looked like things weren't go- weren't going to go for us, and and those were the things that um, 
don't know whether I wasn't expecting or not. I think the problem that we had, particularly in the first half, was that we didn't have enough of the ball, did we? And I, I guess them being playing the way they are, we're always going to have a lot more of a possession. Um, and we didn't seem to cope with that very well. And particularly down the, in the wide positions, they were absolutely murdering us. Um, they, but I say they were murdering us. They, 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 they were. They had a lot of the play. They had a lot of potential threat out there, but they never quite did anything with it, did they? The, the guy, Cole Clough, who every time I see him um, looks good against them, but he always looks like that. He looks like he's going to do something, but then he doesn't quite. I know he was uh, was involved in their first goal, um, but uh, but yeah, it was um, it was it was almost it was a bit frustrating, wasn't it? I'm sure you two can give some more um, analytical view than, than than I can, but yeah, it was very hot as well on that away terrace. That's, I'm going to put that down. This blame you probably see from my slight. I've got like one red glow down one side of my <laughs> face, which is I think where the sun was coming from for most of the half. You, you, I think you've touched on it quite well there, actually. So, Sharon, I'll come to you with this question then. We were expecting us to have less of the ball because of Altrium's amazing ability to keep a lot of the ball so far this season. Clearly, Chris Hargreaves was expecting to see a lot less of the ball. Do you think that's what initiated the formation change? We went 4-4-2, Morgan Williams at a proper right-back position. We put Tiori Johnson into proper right winger and gave uh, Charlie Wakefield the left. Is that, do you think, why we did the tactical changes that we made? Yeah, I think that is probably what went through Chris Hargreaves' mind. I think I completely agree on, on the width. Um, they completely dominated in that area and it's unsurprising that they got their goal by getting so wide on that right-hand side. I thought everything actually went through Malarkey. He deserved his goal. Um, I thought he was excellent. I described it to Chris and to, and to Lawson afterwards as up-and-down performance because... There were so many moments where we were completely dominant and then we just drifted out and then they drifted back into it. It was pretty much a basketball match. And on paper, I think it's a fair result. Um, but when you're leading with four minutes of added time to go, you should be seeing that out, even if perhaps you don't don't deserve all three points. Um, but yeah, altering them are a good side. Every time I see them, they play really, really good football. And they're so comfortable on the ball. Whereas I think with us, we're just starting to adjust to having a lot of the ball. Um, and he's obviously worked on it hard through pre-season and the opening few games, we've had a lot of the ball and then suddenly you have to adjust the other way. So there's a very much a journey going on in the two formations that clearly we're favouring um, throughout this season. And it just didn't click for, for the full for the full 90 minutes for me. Dave, when you saw the team sheet, did you assume 4-4-2 or did you go 3-5-2 in your head? Uh, I, I, I did the thing that I always do and thinking, I'm just going to wait and see which way they line up. <laughs> and, and then I lined up and I thought, and I was, I was kind. Of, I think my my mind must have been expecting to see three at the back. So that was the first thing I saw. And then it got like five minutes in. I said to Paul, stood next to me, "This is four four two, isn't it? Because he's there and he's there and he's there." And he was like, "Oh yeah, he's yeah yeah." And but then then he said, "I never really know which what which formation we're playing anyway." So I'm not the only one who feels like that. But no, I did think it was going to be uh, five at the back. But then it it quickly. I'd not seen Jury Johnson play before, so I wasn't quite sure where he was going to fit in or what he was um, what he was going to do. To be honest, 
it was strange. We were sat pre-match and we were chatting with a fella from the non-league paper and he was asking us what formation we're going to be playing. And I went, I have not got a clue. I'm going to wait and see how they warm up. And it was only when we got to the very end of the warm-up and we did that defensive drill and there was four of them lined up heading crosses away and heading sort of uh, heading out as a, as a flat four. We kind of went, that's a four. That's yeah. a four in defence. I the was in the pub when all that was happening. That's my excuse. I was in the pub. <laughs> Although, Although I will I can... say, even then, I wasn't. We, we said we weren't convinced because we know what right. Hargreaves like. He just yeah. doesn't give anything away. No, yeah. no. But one thing that we did say on the on on the terrace was that's a good thing, though, isn't it? We've got a manager who can can change things and did change things against Conthorpe and can change it. Whereas with Darren Saul, whilst the but the 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 positions the the tactics that he had did work occasionally um you never really felt like he had it in him to particularly change it or that he particularly wanted to change it was this a manager who seems to know how to do it and wants to do it as well yeah and I think that's how it's how the players react to that because it's very easy to, to do one tactic win lose or draw good bad or ugly and just see it through but when you've basically got to have two perfected then it can be a bit of a challenge and there was there was moments where it looked like a bit of a challenge Morgan Williams had a couple of moments but I thought he adjusted as the game went on a little bit better um let's let's talk about the goals I think and we'll go kind of chronologically here because one thing you and I shared and said is that we wanted a quick start we've had quick starts and we felt like that was the best way of getting into the game and we sure as heck Got it. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen the highlights, guys. The highlights were on BT Sport last night and it gets better every time I look at it. I've seen it a few times now and that is some finish from Malachi Linton. Ian gets a lot of credit for him being spotted quite early on, I think, as being a, a real danger. But it was some finish and some good build-up play as well, wasn't it, Sherry? Yeah, it really was. I think huge credit to, to Matt Worthington for his involvement in the goal, um, we've spoken a lot about how he's getting a lot more forward under, under Chris and, and that really summed it up. It was a lovely little layoff. And we said actually that their goalkeeper was pretty impressive. He was in a good position, but there's no way he's saving that because the finish was just spot on. And I, I'm really pleased for Malachi Linton as well after a sort of missing a few chances on, on Tuesday, scoring a, a wonder goal. You just hoped that it wouldn't be that story that, you know, he just scored out of absolute nowhere um, against Wrexham and then couldn't get on the score sheet again but he was unbelievable yesterday all across the park didn't stop running um, and he got a goal for it for his troubles and um, I think he's going to be one that we look at as a very important summer signing I'm so impressed with his attitude and I'm, I'm impressed, impressed with his finishing and you can tell that players like Matt Worthington know that you know given the ball in that area he's going to shoot and he's going to score it was, a, it was a fantastic goal. Can I ask one thing and say one thing? That's, what is, that's what, the very nature of a podcast, Dave. Okay. That's exactly what we do. <laughs> why, why, does he, why does Ian deserve credit for Malika Linton? Well, because he was the first person that I have seen or heard or spoken to that said he's going to be our leader. He's going to be the, the goal scorer of this group. He's the first one that calls it. So I'll give him credit where it's due. Um, I remember saying that quite early on as well, that I was looking forward to seeing him, but we'll, we'll leave that one there. And the second thing is, he kicks the ball really hard, doesn't he, Malachi Linton? Like, I don't know what it is, but sometimes when I watch Match of the Day and things like that, you see goals and they, they, they kind of like glide into the net, don't they? And sometimes you see him and you just think, wow, that ball went really quickly from the end of his foot 
to the goal and it was just like and you don't see it and when I and when I saw Linton's goal live yesterday I thought that went really quick and then I watched it again on the highlights I thought yeah that went really quick so he can thunder whatever pick your um Debs Curtis allowable name after word after it but yeah he can he can really hit him can't he Anyway, onto some things. Ball more than hard. He, okay, he, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I told you. I spotted him early. He, he kicked the ball really hard. Yeah. Anyway, oh, carry on. Okay. No, it's cracking. By the way, can I just say, Sheridan, you've got an incredible cup. Let's let's. Can I? Just, I know this is an audio podcast. It makes no sense, but look at that. It's like a proper China thing going on there. And it's huge, white... which is the main thing. A like lot a of big, coffee. Big cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think you're going to so need to post morning, a you know? picture. You're going to need to post a picture of that, <laughs> that mug, I think. Yeah. Um, right, let's move on to the equaliser. Um, we said on commentary, Sheridan, that the Ultrium grew into the first half. They had a lot of the ball, they felt rather comfortable, but never really, they didn't really see the whites of Grant Smith's eyes. And I think that was something that we were quite comfortable with. But they did get an equaliser, and it was a, a, a sickening time 40, 41 minutes, something like that, just before the break. We couldn't see us through to half time at uh, 1-0. Really good finish. Let's start and almost go backwards from Malarkey there. He was a danger the whole time. But at the start of something of a reoccurring theme, we really shouldn't be letting that ball come in across, should we? No, absolutely. And how many opportunities did we have to sort of clear that ball? And we didn't. I think that's the most disappointing thing. It wasn't that they had that one chance and they scored it. It was that there were multiple opportunities to get rid of that ball, to stop that ball coming in on that right-hand side. And yeah, lovely finish. Absolutely. He was great, Malaki, And they probably deserved their equaliser. But again, it's just simple defending, really. And you've got to keep your concentration with five minutes to go. And it did feel like it knocked the stuffing out of us. And it actually affected the start to the second half, I think. And it was just frustrating because as you say I think when you're the away side you're expecting them to have a little bit of a, a rouse they're going to get that more of the ball um, especially as the first half sort of comes to an end and so far we'd we dealt with it pretty comfortably I don't think Grant Smith had too much to do did he um, so it just feels like they only needed that one opportunity once they got on, on the edge of the box they, they got in there and um, they'll be really really pleased with how they took their chance but I would think it was very frustrating as a team because it felt like we didn't defend well as a team in that goal because there was multiple chances um, to ensure that did not happen. Dave, you were right in front of it, or it was right in front of you, I should say. Uh, what did you think? Because like, like Sheridan says, I, I echo her thoughts there. Almost exactly good finish, but it should never have come to that. No, I, and I mean, I thought it had gone out. Uh, like I say, in the first of all, I think it was it was it Con Clark who came through the the, the middle, um, Chris Con Clark, uh, and uh, he that there were at least two opportunities. I know record was one of them um, to to intercept him, and and it, they seemed a bit half-hearted those challenges in the middle of the pitch. And then he did really well to get the ball out. To think it was Cole Clark, but again, there was nobody really around him. We all seemed to be stood off. But then when he kind of like fired his ball um, across, and I, I can only assume he was having a shot. I thought it had gone out because it was a really acute angle that um, mm, Malarkey yeah, arrived at it. So credit to him, as you say, for um, for turning it in from that position. But why isn't there someone flying in there 
at that point to um to block him and say it's not like we didn't know he was there <laughs> he'd been doing he'd been involved yeah. all the way through the first half and he so um yeah it was it was a disappointing one but I did think at half time it's probably fair enough given the again given the possession that they had uh, uh they nobody wins a game well you might win a game because of possession i guess but um they they had so much of the ball and uh, therefore you felt like they deserved but like I say they didn't I don't remember thinking you know giving Grant Smith plaudits for saying wow what a great save or there were a couple of harem scaring moments where we had to kick and fight and you know scrap it away but yeah it was it was a it was a yeah almost one and almost half <laughs> I'm spotting a theme here Dave. yeah yeah <laughs> Okay, my so, word of the day on the word of the day toilet paper is almost. There's <laughs> an image for your Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so, okay, halftime comes and goes, and we both agree on air, Sheridan, that we probably thought it would came at a good time for Yeovil. But I tell you what, let's go. To, uh, let's bring you straight back in here, Dave, because I think Sheridan and I. You want more, have, almost, don't you? That's what you I want. I do want more. Yeah, more <laughs> toilet paper talk. Right. Okay. What was the general consensus in the first 10 15 minutes of the second half on the the stand what was everyone feeling what was the what was the chatter like in the first 15 minutes of that second half because Sheridan and I couldn't really believe what we were seeing okay well I thought we were up against it I, I thought it kind of finished it kind of started the way it had finished um in the in the second half that that in the, towards the end of the second half they were really starting to put pressure on us and then yeah in the in, at the start of the second half it looked like uh, and again I will use my uh Arsene Wenger of it was a very long way away because it was a long way away from where I was mm-hmm. but it looked like we were a bit all over the place and again they were ball after ball from wide position and it's the wide the width of the pitch that is obviously their pitch in it so 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 they know how to use it but it was amazing how many times we kind of expect um you know us to to, to come through the middle don't we and, uh, and and play balls through the middle but every opportunity they had was going out wide and we didn't seem to know quite what we were doing um against that particularly at the start of the um uh, of the second half and you just felt to yourself it just needed something Alex Fisher was there and he wasn't really getting into it. He didn't really have, okay, he, he did his usual thing. He ran around a lot. Um, I'm, I'm not going to go into Ruben Reed mode with him just yet, but um, he's getting there, I think. Um, so, uh, and, and, and Mal, we haven't called him Fish and Mal today, have we? Mal, uh, there were people on the terrace calling Fish and Mal, so there are listeners there. Um, <laughs> the, um, yeah, the, I think he's, he's helping him out a bit there, but, it felt like it needed a spark, and uh, I, I I kept get, uh, going over. I was going over and chatting to my mate Gareth Fusa from Altrincham, who was telling me that uh, they uh, they they play they use their width really well uh, in every game he's seen them um, play. And he was say, uh, and I was looking across at the board, and I thought nine for ten on the on the um, fourth officials board. And I came back over and I said, I think Toure's coming on. And uh, Paul next to me said, oh, yeah, that's just what we need. That's just what we need. We were, we were having trouble seeing the board and we were right behind it. How did you see it? Oh, it, it the, the fourth officials board, it was like yeah. propped up in a tunnel. So I just saw it from a, from an angle. So yeah, you probably couldn't, you probably couldn't see it, but yeah, well, we, it had nine and 10 on it for like about five minutes. So yeah. yeah took ages for him to come on. Yeah. yeah. 
So let's let's talk about that, Sheridan, because Jimmy Torre was ready. He had his kit on and then just a bib over the top from about the 50th minute. He didn't come on until gone the hour mark. Mm-hmm. Clearly, Chris Hargreaves didn't like what he saw in the first few moments of that second half, and he wanted to make a change, but he just kind of gave it time to naturally progress. But we were at all sorts in the start of that second half, weren't we? I thought we were poor. Mm-hmm. I thought we were I poor. Um, I was expecting us to come out all guns blazing because that's what we've been doing, particularly in the second half. Um, they were stronger. They could sense blood um, on the right and the left-hand side. Not that we could see much on the left-hand side because that's the corner that we just can't see. But they forced three, four successive corners. Um, and we just about dealt with them. But that was when they needed to, to score um, because I just felt like we didn't have any answers for them. And as, as Dave says, a lot of running around from a lot of the players, you can't fault their their commitment and their running hard work, this. but without, yeah, yeah, without <laughs> any quality. Um, and it did, it needed that spark. And I did feel for Fisher, it just didn't go for him. He just looked off the pace. I think he might have a little bit of a, bit of a knock, um, but it just, yeah, it was poor. It was, it was as bad as I've seen us. I know the, the first 60 minutes at Scunthorpe, but I kind of forgive the first game because I just think you're, you're all very much all over the place. But it was as bad as, I, as I've seen us. But the response as soon as Torre came on was much more, much more positive. And I think we are going to see a lot more early changes from Chris Hargreaves. Talking about the formation, he likes to change the formation within games, within um, different fixtures. I don't think he's afraid to, to take players off big players off um and although I know it was Alex Fisher that came off I think we both agreed that potentially it could have been Charlie Wakefield who just really wasn't in the game um let's have that chat now actually because I've scribbled his name down because I'm reluctant to call out somebody on a individual performance but we said multiple times especially early on in that first half something just didn't feel right did it Sheridan about Charlie Wakefield what Try and if, if someone hasn't seen Charlie Wakefield before, if they're listening to this and they've never seen Charlie Wakefield before, they've probably stumbled into the wrong place. But <laughs> how try and describe how was he different yesterday because he just didn't look like Charlie Wakefield? No, he didn't. He is usually so comfortable on the ball, he runs after everything, he wins the ball from players one on one, he likes to run at defenders, and he just couldn't really do any of that it was like he didn't have the freedom but of course he was in his proper winger position whereas at wing back I actually think he's looked out, looked pretty okay at the start of the season obviously he hasn't he hasn't scored it's a difficult position for him he's adjusting to that he just felt like this is what he's been crying out for maybe to go back into his preferred position but it it just something isn't right there whether it's really low on confidence because there are a few sort of back heels there are a few little one twos that just didn't come off and perhaps last season they would have done I think that happens when you you dip out in and out of form perhaps we forget his preseason was pretty um disturbed um much more so than the players that also had to serve pre-seasons and haven't been starting every game so maybe there's something in there, I'm always so impressed with his, his attitude, even when he is out of form, because even last season, he went through sort of phases where he would go missing in games and he still brings something special out of nowhere. Um, and he's certainly better in our team than, than out of it. But I just, maybe he needs something like 
happened to Malachi Linton just needs something to happen, needs to get an opportunity. He was up against the defender, wasn't he? Getting clean through almost and and was tackled. So maybe if that moment goes his way, then it's a different story. Um, but yeah, just a little bit concerning with how excited we were to re-sign him. I, I'm just a little bit um, concerned about his form and, and just how he's feeling on, on the pitch because I could tell he was just frustrated at, at himself that it wasn't wasn't going his way because he's such a such a talent and he looks you know fit enough he doesn't look like he's off the pace of the game um so you know I'm hopeful that it, it will turn around for him but it's probably not the start he's hoped for. Dave did you notice anything about Charlie especially in those early moments in the second half I think I pointed out a couple of times where the ball just simply ran under his foot he was on the byline ran under his foot and um I I, I agree with Sheridan he just looks Looked a bit sad. Yeah, <laughs> you said sad. in your conclusions, didn't he? Look like he needs a hug, and I think he <laughs> did. Yeah, and I know. I think you you put in there about Lawson Diaz did at one point. He had his arm around his shoulder, didn't he? And he was like saying, "It's all right, mate. It's okay, you know." But yeah, <laughs> I, I, and a number of people commented it uh, on it on on the terrace as well, saying that he hadn't looked like that. And exactly the point that Sharon just made there. If he was playing in an unfamiliar position that he hadn't really been playing in a light right wing back, you could almost say. Yeah, okay, yeah, you know, it's that position and that's not really him. But he wasn't. He was playing in the place at last season. He was the, you know, the star man playing down the right, wasn't he? And um and, and he just didn't look like it. And and I'm sure with a player like that, it is confidence and you do need some um just a few things to go your uh to, to, to go your way. But yeah, there was definitely something off about him. I, I, I agree. And um I'm not I, I think out of him and Fisher, I still would have taken Fisher off um to bring Toure on. But I, I think and we'll maybe come to this, but that was the other problem that in the absence of Pearson, who I only seen for 20 minutes um half an hour, whatever it was at Scunthorpe, there wasn't really anything else to bring off the bench other than um that was going to give you that kind of spot other than Jimmy Toure. There you go. There's your segue. Beautiful. Absolutely <laughs> beautiful. There's there's two people I think we want to mention. If if and it's one of them me for that segue. Yeah. yeah. Yes, you can definitely have that for the segue. Um, if you're listening, Charlie, it'll be all right, mate. You are classic yeah. football. Don't worry about it, bud. You are. Um, let's talk about. I do want to talk about Jimmy Toure. I do want to talk about the goal, but I don't want to get to that point before we talk about Lawson Diaz. So we are going to talk Toure because I. We all we all know his we all know his class. We all know he's too good to be playing for us regularly at this level. And the question I posed in my conclusions was, how do we manage him going forward now? Because when he's on the pitch, he's the best player on the pitch. But we might be restricted to how often we can have him on the pitch, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Um, Sheridan, you you know him really well from your time in the in the commentary box with him. You'll know how desperate he'll be to be on the pitch for every possible minute he can possibly be on the pitch for. Do you think he understands that he probably won't be able to, for example, at the weekend do a Saturday, Monday, 90 minutes back to back? Do you think he's savvy enough and and wise enough now to help manage his own minutes? Because I'd rather have that Lawson Diaz for 85 minutes and then miss him on a couple of occasions than not have him for six weeks on a go. Yeah, I actually do think he he is. I know he said, didn't he, that he feel like feels like he's matured since that injury. And sort of, we'd obviously speak about his injury every week um, off air before and after and how he was doing. And he was so cautious, not overly cautious, but just very much wanting to take it 
as, as slow as he possibly could while keeping his fitness. Um, and I actually felt that there was not too much frustration from him yesterday, that his preseason and his minutes so far have been disrupted because he's feeling good. Um, and Lawson is a type of person you can tell when he's feeling good and you can tell when he's not feeling so good he doesn't sort of hide his emotions very well so I think I'm very impressed we got 82 minutes out of him um, I really didn't think we'd get that many so I think he's very much on his way um, it's going to be difficult isn't it with the next couple of matches Saturday Monday I can't see him playing both I just I just think that would be too much and I think it'd be sensible to make sure that you manage his minutes but since that injury and perhaps even since he's come back that's the best I've seen him and he looks so so strong he looks exactly the player we thought we'd signed um yesterday's performance was quite unbelievable just so confident and there didn't have those moments I know I speak to a lot of fans who have those moments when he either puts in a tackle or he's tackled and you go that <laughs> is he going to stay down is he... but he didn't look like that at all he was confident he was comfortable um I didn't have those heart and mouth moments that there was going to be another niggle there was going to be another injury so I really hope that we're now finally um getting him him back to being able to play more often than than he doesn't um and yeah just just so pleased with him. I'm going to get a text from Mitch because he, he's texted me this morning and saying you just love Lawson don't you and I do as a player as a person he deserves it and uh we are going to be a much much better side if he can play 82 minutes like he did yesterday dave from from the stand again did you notice that he was oh there we go at coaxy boy uh, didn't use the hashtag there you go. no 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 this is me at at, uh, at 3 39 p.m yesterday afternoon i wrote lawson diaf what a player. And that, that was about 45 <laughs> seconds before they scored their equaliser, though, just I think. Yeah, it was 39th minute. I said Lawson Diaf, what a player. And the and, and he was as well, wasn't he? He was just so everything that he did. I think it was Barry Spiller had said in the, in a previous game, I go a long way and pay a lot of money to watch Lawson Diaf play football and he is one of those players that is genuinely a pleasure to watch him play because he's just so he, he's not <clears throat> I know we need to forget about the the, the, the devil Gorman, but uh, he's not uh, one of those that's got, but he has got those, that little bit in him, hasn't he? Like there were a couple of times where he, where, where he did go down at one point and you thought, oh, and, and then, but then he, he got back up and you thought, oh no, that's just him being, being clever about what he does, but uh, and he's just so comfortable on the ball and some of his passes are just, he is just a, a pleasure to watch. And someone um, on the terrace said to me as well, and he's a fan as well, isn't he? Whenever you whenever speak to him at game, obviously they, they've heard him on the commentary and they said, you can just tell that he just loves this club as well, which is, that I think that's the thing that really endears him to um, to supporters, certainly all the supporters that were stood around me yesterday anyway. So, yeah, I would I would go a very long way to watch Lawson Diaz play football. Probably as far as Wilston on Bank Holiday Monday, if he's playing. <laughs> well, I tell, I tell you what, then hang on, then let's let's ask, let's let's bring that forward. Then I know we're doing a little bit of Thursday's podcast here, but Sheridan, do you start him against Dagenham or do you start him against Wilston? Both, if he's fit and he's recovered, he's probably just having a sore Sunday. But Monday, a full week of training. How do you go about it? Do you give him Dagenham off and say we'll need you at Wilston or the other way around? I think that we we need our first 
oh my headphones just falling out <laughs> we we need him for our first win don't we okay. so I would play I would start him against Dagenham we've got a full week now yep. full week for him to recover he is a he knows how to recover now he knows his body he knows what he needs to do perhaps he won't do as much heavy training early on in the week um I I think after that performance you can't drop him for, for Dagenham a home game a very important home game that, that we need to win and then I guess it depends doesn't it how that game goes um I think he'll be involved in Wildston um whether he'll start or not I'm not 100% sure as you say we've got to make sure that we have him for more of the season than, than we don't um but you know seeing him yesterday he didn't look like he was struggling I think he's getting his fitness back a lot quicker I saw him sort of after his two um sub appearances and you could just tell he just said to me I'm completely gone completely gone whereas you know yesterday I know he said he was he was blowing um at the end there but he he didn't look like he couldn't start next week um so I I think I think Chris has got to start him against Dagenham because he's such an important player and you, you know you speak about him putting an arm around Charlie Wakefield those kind of things are important and you know we jest about he went off and we conceded it's not about him as the player at that point it's about the experience it's about telling someone to track back it's about getting in those positions putting your body on the line um, and the fact that he loves his sub shows that he's doing his defensive duties as well he never wanted to do that when he was a younger player did he so he's really maturing and I think he's enjoying playing this kind of football properly suits him a lot better do we give some credit to the likes of Scott Wickens for him as well? In the same way Absolutely. Charlie Wakefield played so many games last season when he'd never played that many games despite of an injury record. I think having mm. someone like Scott Wickens there um, and credit to the club and the board and the chairman and anyone who brought um, that that uh, person in, I think it was Darren Saal as well, who was quite influential in, in giving Scott Wickens a chance. But I think he's really showing his um, his value. And when you watch that that team as well, we've mentioned about they run around a lot. Yes, they do run around a lot, but there's a lot of there's a lot of fitness there, and you can you can sense. And obviously, listening to Scott talking to Ben and Ian the other week. There's a plan there, isn't there? They know that it's it's science. It's not just seeing seeing what happened. So I think, yeah, a lot of credit. Obviously, the most credit needs to go to Lawson for understanding uh, what he needs to do, but um, and putting the effort in. But yeah, credit to Scott Wickens and the and the rest of the team there for for that. Should we go on to Jimmy? Should we go on to Jimmy? <laughs> There's still people in... calling him Gimmy on the terrace. Well, I, this is my first point. Dave, can you clarify for me for me the chant that goes around about Jimmy Torre? Is it to the tune of "Gimme, Gimme, Gimme"? Well, there were some people shouting. Andy Craig, I'm going to call him out, was trying okay. to get that one started, but it, it, it wasn't going. It wasn't. They weren't having it. So uh, me and Clevo were, were big into the um, yeah, yeah, colo, colo, okay. yeah, that one. We were yeah, Jimmy, 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 Jimmy. yeah, that one. Right. That's Just the one. We do yeah, need to clarify forget, that because Gimme, Gimme, Gimme is wrong. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's well, wrong. Craig, I told you this on Saturday. If you're listening, you've been told. You've been barreted. You've <laughs> been barreted. Um, came on 61 minutes, according to Flash Tours, 
And just we, we were crying out for a spark, weren't we, Sheridan? We said something needs to just kick this side into life. And I think he provided it not just with his goal 10 minutes later, but he just kind of chucked his body about a bit. He got stuck in, made a few sliding tackles, had a bit of a go at running with the ball. And he provided a spark that actually proved to be quite a nice segue into his goal, which I thought was a very well taken goal. It was exactly what we needed, wasn't it? Yeah, he, he was a perfect substitution at that perfect time. It completely changed our our tactic. And for someone who is as big and strong and tall as Jimmy Torre to win the amount of free kicks that he does, it's superb. It's absolutely superb. And he was strong on the ball. He was. This was the um, Jimmy Torre that I saw against Wrexham. It didn't quite work the same when he came on against Barnet. That's probably a fitness issue. But he looked lively, he was strong, he was just one-on-one with defenders. It, was an, it, it must be a nightmare to play against him, absolute nightmare to play against him. And very much deserved his goal. And I was so impressed with his calmness, the fact that he missed that first chance. It was well blocked, took his time, took a touch and put it into the back of the net at the second time of asking, considering he hasn't played any football in a while, to have that composure. Um, at an important time in that game, um, where, you know, that was... It was an important time for us to to take take the lead. Um, very impressive, and I know Dave said he was looking forward to seeing him, and I think I think he delivered. He definitely delivered. Yeah, no, I was uh, I was playing. Uh, ben, I think you got in touch with a guy at Carlisle, didn't you? And you asked him what's he what's he like. And Carlisle might be a little bit unfair because I know he's he's a bit hit and miss. But I get the impression that he is that kind of player. He's either going to have a real impact or he's going to be a little bit anonymous. Um, and by the sounds of it, impact against Wrexham, anonymous against Barnett, like you say, it's probably fair enough. He hasn't had a pre-season. Um, he's still finding his fitness, but there, there, there was a little bit of that. So I did wonder what was what was going to happen. But the first thing that you said there, Sheridan, about his strength, he there were there were two occasions where he had the ball in the middle of the pitch, and I thought always lost that and then they got it back and it's his skill and his strength as well isn't it that he can hold those players off but still get forward and I think the thing that um I was saying was he's given them something to think about and I don't think Alex Fisher was giving them enough to think about Mal was I think um when it when it when it got to him but um but I don't think Alex Fisher was as we said it wasn't his day against them in 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 that one but Jimmy Toure, they definitely had something to think about with him. I, I just wonder, what, Ego, I'm going to ask you a question now, Ben. Do you think he can do that starting a game? Not yet. No, no. But do you think when he's fully fit and firing that he can do that from the off? Or do you think he needs to come in against players who've had 60 minutes um, on, on in their legs? What do you think? That's a really interesting question, actually. I hadn't thought about it. That's why I asked of it. it. Yeah, I hadn't thought of it like that. He definitely benefited from a defence that had taken a bit of a battering and a bruising and and had, you know, players chasing them down every given second. He definitely benefited from that. But I think so. I think so. If you, you come onto a pitch and you've got this huge, great big brick poop house of a guy sat coming at you and ruffling you on when you're trying to win headers and he's taller than you, he's pushing down on you, yeah, I think he can. It'll probably look quite different and he'll have to go through quiet spells within games when he starts from the beginning. But yeah, I think he can. And I think actually you'd probably look at doing the other way around eventually where he puts the hour in, 
gives the defence a horrible, horrible time. And then you've got someone with a bit more cleverness about them in the way of Fisher, maybe to try and steal a yard or maybe to benefit from a player that's just feeling a bit fatigued. So I can see them flipping around on, on multiple occasions throughout the course of the season. So, yeah, I think he can. Once he's fully fit, let's get him there. But, yeah, I think he can. Thank you. I'm glad that he can. <laughs> so now, sooner rather than later as well, I hope. Yeah. Yeah. So now does that mean we have to finish with the... Oh. That's how yeah. Ben started and finished his conclusions. Oh. That's how I started and finished my days, most days yeah. at the moment. Um, <laughs> yes, we have to go on to that. So, uh, Kaja, Kaja, Kaya, we don't know if it's a hard or a soft J, Um it's Albanian, on. isn't he? So um, I'm going to mm. say Kaja. 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 Okay. Kaja. Uh, and Pringle came on together. I'm Pringle was, we kept Pringle very quiet. I was worried when Pringle came on because he's someone that I thought gave us a lot of trouble at the back end of last year and didn't really get a kick of the ball. He can, he can really pop, can't he? Oh, he does, yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> as you stop Not getting that. anything out of that. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, so. 90 minutes on the clock. We both see the five minutes on the board. And yet, I wasn't massively concerned, if truth be told, but they had a clear plan to get down a wing and get a crossing. And we knew that that was going to happen. And it's a case of to whether or not we could deal with it. And to cut a long story short, we couldn't deal with it. Sharon, have you seen the, the, the highlight from the other side of the pitch from where we were? Yes. I have. Um, it looks even worse, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? I'm, I was, I'm quite glad there was that big building blocking our view, actually, because it, it, it sort of dampened it a little bit. Um, first things first, Kaja, it's a good header. It's a difficult it header a for a guy header. that hasn't played any football because he doesn't want to get too much on it. He just wants to keep it moving in the same direction, but just change the trajectory away from Grant Smith. It's a good header. It's a good flick. But... Going back to the uh, reoccurring theme of the uh, of the entire podcast here, we've got to be stopping that cross coming in, haven't we, Sheridan? Yeah, and like you, I wasn't concerned. I really wasn't concerned because after Torre's goal, I thought we weren't dominant by any stretch, but we were comfortable. We were comfortable. Um, and I think bringing Johnson and Diaz off, which had to happen, that's this is no criticism of Chris Hargreaves whatsoever, it had to happen, they had cramp, so it, like, they couldn't continue. Um, we just lost that experience, and I think we defended pretty okay in in patches. <laughs> um, but again, it's, it's that ball, isn't it? It's that ball that's been our problem, that looped little ball that we just don't clear in time. And, and I thought, Kaja didn't actually do anything when he came on until that moment. Um, and it's just so frustrating, particularly how quickly it happened after that board went up. Um, wasn't, you know, we had four minutes still to play. So we just completely switched off. I felt it just felt like no one took responsibility. And, you know, speaking to Lawson afterwards, he knows he has to take responsibility. And I think sometimes those young, inexperienced players don't quite know who's supposed to take responsibility. And it just felt that everyone was waiting for each other to clear it. And it was a good header, good finish. And as we've said before, and I want to credit the opposition because I think they deserved a point, but it doesn't matter if they deserve a point. You get the three points no matter what. Um, and that is something they're going to have to learn. And I thought 
is exactly what Chris said after the game. They've learned a hard, hard lesson. I'd rather them learn it now. I'd rather them learn it now. But if you come on at 2-1 up, you do your damnedest to see that out. And that was what was so frustrating because we should have we should have seen it out. Um, and actually, you could see the confidence just drain. And we could have lost that game. Mm, could have lost yeah. that game in the last four minutes. Dave, what were your thoughts? How was the how was the uh, the exasperation on the terrace? It was exactly the noise that we made just now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know whether it was just me being uh, too weather worn at watching Oval Town, but um, yeah, even though they weren't really doing, I think there was one moment where Grant Smith had to make a save with his his feet after Toure scored, but I just. You know, always had that fear in the pit of your stomach that um, that something was going to happen, and then feared it was that um, that something. Uh, they do have to learn their lessons, these players, um, and 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 hopefully they have because it's four games into the season, so we can't get too carried away. But we've got to we've got to get that win soon, and we 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 can't keep saying. Oh, it's a difficult lesson to learn, but we'll learn it and we'll take it onto the training pitch. We you know. We've actually got to do it, um, and it is good that we're um, that we, we are creating chances, and it is good that we are scoring goals. But the thing that we said at the start of the season, the thing that we said at the end of last season, that we were all about was that defensive solidity. And and the only player, if we take Mark Little out because he was kind of a bit in and out that we really lost from last season in that position, is Luke Wilkinson. Um, and I know there's a question um, about him. And uh, in the in the GCQs, but it's not that much different um, from the, these are players. I think uh, Chris Hargreaves said it at the beginning of the season, um, in preseason. Sorry, uh, these are players that have played a got got I don't know a, a approach in hundred games under their their belt. Maybe they played a season of men's football already. Morgan Williams, we keep talking about him saying, you know, playing men's football. He's played a season in men's football. These, these players after step up and uh, you know and and take that responsibility and rather than looking around and thinking who's going to do that think that's me that's going to do that um so whilst i do think that we are light still uh, and we do need more investment in this in in the squad i say we need more investment in the squad it depends on what we actually want to do now it's been said by both members of the board that we need to be doing better than we did last season. At the moment, I don't see anything in that team. With a couple of exceptions going forward, I think there's 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 more more to us than, than last year. I don't see anything that makes me think we can be knocking on the door of the playoffs at the moment. Four games into the season, so I'm not getting I'm not getting carried away just yet. But there needs to be something done about whether it's bringing players into that squad or whether it's sorting out these problems. Um, and I think if we're just relying on these problems disappearing out of, you know, Chris Hargreaves is um, magic or anybody's magic. I, I think that's, um, that's a little bit naive, but I know that the, the full board and uh, volunteer supporter Martin Starnes were all at the game yesterday. So I'm sure they, they all saw the same things that we did. Yeah. I, I, we, we said, as soon as Torre scored, I could almost feel you and I, Sheridan, both look at the team sheet and go, right, who have we got? <laughs> Maddie Gravosti was, was ready to come on. We had Sam Perry and then, of course, Alfie Pond, the, the young centre-half. And we both said, 
how, how, how do you shore this up? How do you, how do you see the game management out? And the answer was probably not to bring Alfie Pond on, chuck a, a kid in at the back and Matthew Ravosti directs what for Tiori Johnson. For me, when that ball comes in for the goal, he's so slow to get to the cross. Yeah. He's just kind of chasing a shadow and just jogging towards the ball. It's those kind of moments that I think separate you from under 23s football, low grade football to men's football where three points are the be all and end all. And for me, he's got to be busting a gut, chucking his body in the way, whatever it takes to stop that ball coming in so that if a good goal is scored, you don't, you don't even get to it. So I looked on the bench and I still felt that little bit of lack of depth. If we had a Pearson, Pearson would almost certainly have come on instead of Johnson, um, uh, sort of for Johnson instead of Gravosti. But, uh, you know, other, other options were Pond, Cast didn't make the uh, the squad again. Uh, Olivier Albert suffering from his injury, so I, yeah, I think I, I think I agree. I'm not sure. I'm not sure we're going to get a couple of extra bodies, but it feels like we are two or three players, two or three options lighter than we'd like to be, if truth be told. And yeah, Kravosti fell out of position, and it didn't quite work. And in the end, he hasn't stopped the ball coming in. Perry came on for Lawson Diaz, and difficult again for him to get going into the game at 80 something minutes and, and really try and affect it but it felt like we lacked that game management didn't we towards the end mm. that we needed to do the horrible thing get up the other end and stick it in the corner and hold it there and yeah we didn't have any of that on the bench to, to call upon unfortunately yeah I, I agree I do think we we need more but what I will say is that push Chris push Lawson on experience lack of options they were not having any of it they were not having those excuses they were saying that there's plenty of you know particularly what Dave was saying that a lot of them were there last year a lot of them were, were strong enough to to see that out so credit where it's true in that you know gave them that option to sort of ask for more um and they didn't want to so I think they know that it's there there is a base there definitely need more um what I will say is that we're scoring goals, which is great. Yep. Um, but it's that final moment. It's that game time. And I think when you have those young, talented, they're all talented players, they just perhaps don't have that killer instinct to just win at all costs. Um, and yeah, I was impressed that neither of them were putting up excuses. They just didn't, they didn't want to. Um, especially after how devastating it must have been. I mean, you saw Chris Hargreaves afterwards. Just oh, for him, I just wanted it to to go as well as it could, and he said it was almost a perfect away performance, which does make sense because it wasn't like Barnet. We weren't dominant. We weren't completely all over them, missing chances. You know, we were second best in some points of that game, but we would have done enough to win it. Um, so yeah, this is not perhaps our final. And also, what I think there is an issue, isn't there? There's still six loans. Um, yeah. Gravosti only really made it. I can't imagine he would have made the squad if Pearson was fit. Um, so that's probably got to be addressed. Um, and I'm not sure he did enough to warrant that he would be that loan to come in to the to the squad. So um, yeah, it, it, no excuses. It's got that win's got to come. Um, but I think there is enough there at the moment to get a win. They're certainly not, and you know, they're not so short that they're not going to win the game. They can get a win. Um, need more if we're going to push for anything. Um, but at the moment, that performance yesterday, I think it looked like two 
okay mid-table teams, which probably sums it up by the result. It's probably fair. And actually, it's, it, you, you make a really good point about the fact that we, we both gave Lawson a chance to have an excuse and he wasn't having absolutely any of it when we spoke to him. You spoke to Chris and I've, I've heard that back and exactly that. You, you, open the, you open the door for the easiest quote in the world of here's an excuse, X, Y, Z, A, B, C, and he wasn't having absolutely any of it. Um, Dave, you didn't, uh, obviously you, you left the ground after the end. Whilst we were waiting for things to happen, I was waiting to do my post-match on air and things like that. Sheridan and I watched as Chris Hargreaves and Chris Todd left the dressing room by themselves and walked out onto the centre of the pitch and just spent five or six minutes just chatting, just seemingly putting the world to right. It wasn't particularly animated. It wasn't particularly, there wasn't obvious levels of frustration or anything like that. And basically, I wanted to ask Sheridan what you think those conversations were. Just completely pluck it out of thin air if you have to. But I thought it was really interesting. They just felt to me like they wanted to in their own minds put that game to bed there and then and try and move on they'll do the the recapping and all the rest of it when the time is right but it felt like they wanted to get their head around the two goals we conceded all the plays and the passages of play that we were looking to go for I thought it was just a really interesting thing that they took themselves away out onto the center circle and just had a bit of a chinwag yeah what I love about them is that I feel like they're a real partnership because I, you know, we've had Terry Skiverton the system manager for so long, even when Charlie Lee was there for the short amount of time, it always felt like manager, then assistant. You actually didn't see the assistant much. When you see them on the sidelines, they're always together. They're always in discussion. They feel like they're a real partnership. They know each other super well. Um, and that sums it up by they were having that conversation afterwards. What I took from speaking to Chris was how many times he said the word leader. And he, he said, those young players now, They've got to be leaders. And so I wonder if that's what they were discussing. How do we, in training, replicate that game management, that leadership role? How you clear the ball, how you get forward, how you tackle, how you take ownership from your own individual performance? Because I think that's exactly perhaps what went wrong, is that no one was being the leader. No one was taking that responsibility at that crucial time. Um, and I think they probably just wanted to think, right, how do we put that onto the training pitch when we go back next week? Um, and yeah, it was, it was really interesting. And I think they'd left the players to, you know, hash it out themselves as well. Um, and Lawson came out and I thought he was very strong in his words. And I reckon he was probably one of the more vocal in the dressing room. Um, I think we said on commentary there were a few moments on the pitch that went a bit quiet. We've been yeah. very, very vocal. There was a lot of, there was a lack of leadership because no one was shouting at each other. I like that they're not afraid to shout at each other, that they're not afraid to say when you were making a mistake. Um, and I felt like perhaps that was missing. So perhaps that's what they were talking about. How do we get that spark back? How do we make sure that they hold each other to account as well as, the, as an individual? Yeah, really interesting. Really, really interesting. And I, I, I am fully behind them as a duo, actually. And Chris Todd, we forget, has his own first-team management experience in the past. So mm. he's, he's been there and, and done some of this as well. So, yeah, I just thought, I thought it was a really interesting little sort of post-match thing that not a lot of people would have seen, that they spent, well, they must have been there a good five, ten minutes, 
as we were waiting for Lawson to get himself ready and get uh, sort of showered and ready and come out and chat to us, I just thought it was a really interesting little conversation. Uh, Dave, final thing then on the game as you were leaving, apart from uh, what were people saying as they were leaving the ground? Uh, uh, <laughs> was most of it. There were there, there there were a few that uh, that stopped and applauded. A lot of people just made their made their way out of the ground and I think that probably was because of the frustration of what it was uh, and and they didn't want to be the ones who were shouting why 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 <laughs> um have we uh, have we allowed that to um uh, to to happen not that they're particularly disappointed with the performance that we put in just the frustration of it I think that's that's what it was it was just frustration from everybody but I saw but on to the next one and on to the GCQs as mm-hmm. well, please. Dave, you have okay. the hashtag. I don't have the hashtag. I'm just a little bit. Okay, right. So, um, yeah, well, some of these we've kind of covered already, but I, I alluded to one um, question, which is from Barry Spiller, which I'm going to ask. Are we missing a Luke Wilkinson type at the back on the recruitment front? Should an experienced centre-back be a priority or is Richards Everton that player? Now, I'm not going to judge Ben Richards Everton and what I saw of him at Scunthorpe because that weren't very good. Um, but uh, you two have seen more of him, Sheridan. I'm sure you've seen more of him than I have been. I don't know if you've seen him as well. But So uh, I'll caveat the Scunthorpe, the, um, Scunthorpe performance in that he was already carrying that injury, we've now realised. So perhaps take that with a pinch of salt and it's a very different type of opposition but I saw him against Western Superman I thought he was absolutely superb superb didn't let anything get past him I actually think he is going to be an important player and hopeful that he'll be back next week on the centre halves um no I don't think we are missing Luke Wilkinson I think we forget some of the mistakes we made and I think we forget the injuries um that he had um Staunton is more than capable of that I think he's been brilliant since he's been back in centre-half position. What I will say is I don't think Max Hunt has had his best start to the season. However, I think in a four, he's just brilliant. I thought yesterday he was brilliant again. Um, In a three, I think he's struggling somewhat. Um, And that's probably something he's going to work on because if he wants to be in playing in every game, he's going to have to play in a three and a four. Um, But yesterday he looked so much more comfortable back in a four, I thought, alongside alongside Staunton um so that's just probably something to look at um but I don't think I don't think it's a priority as as such um I think we need more in midfield I think we need more going forward um I think yeah if we do get a few injuries then then obviously but we've got Alpha Pond and we've got Ben Richards Everton um I've got Morgan Williams who is (laughs) since half my trade so um I, I'm not sure I, I agree. We'll see by the end of the season if, if Luke Wilkinson manages to play all the games for, for Woking, then I'll eat my words. But I do think he's coming to the point of his career where he misses more games. Um, and that's perhaps not, not what we need. Yeah, Ben, there is a few questions in here about defensive sloppiness and um, what's going wrong with our defending that um, a couple of people have asked here. Um, And just to read the last part of Dan Johnson's question, um, he said, uh, is it a a lack of ability? Is it players not gelling um, as we had last season? Our defence seemed a far cry from last year. And sadly, I include Grant Smith in this concern. What do you think it is um, defensively that's causing us 
to concede the goals that I think everybody agrees are errors. I don't think it's a lack of ability, not by any stretch of the imagination. I think Josh Johnson is more than capable. Again, I thought actually for the vast majority of yesterday, I thought he was very, very commanding at the back and, and leading. And, and when we were confident and communicative, he was he was the one leading that. Um, actually, I think he was probably, uh, Kaja was probably his man running into the, for the goal. And he will probably look back at that. I think he was, should have been a bit closer to put a bit more pressure on. Um, Hunt, yeah, fine. I think Hunt, might get done for pace on a few occasions this season. He doesn't look the quickest on the turn specifically. But I think, again, when it comes to just heading balls away, clearing, being easy, being simple passes, fine, more than good enough. Morgan Williams, we know, can play either side, fullbacks, wingbacks, centre-backs, more than happy with Morgan Williams. Um, he'll grow into each of those positions. Does it seem a far cry uh, from last season, it, it might seem a far cry from the start of last season where we were really, really good defensively, but we we had our moments at the back end of last yeah. season where we weren't amazing defensively. Um, and we, you know, if it was a far cry from last season, last season must have been a very, very good season and it was okay. Um, so I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a far cry. Grant had one error, didn't he, against Barnett, the goal, but actually I think he was fine. He didn't have an awful lot to do, and what did have to do was was taken care of quite nicely. So uh, what's wrong with it? I, I, I don't really know. Maybe a bit of confidence, maybe that feeling of feeling under pressure because we aren't putting games to bed early doors. If we go 3-0 up, we can probably afford to, to not worry too much about our defence. So maybe they're feeling the pressure a little bit. Okay. It well, does that... feel like either either side, the wide areas, sorry to interrupt, just the wide areas is where we're getting done, it feels. Um, and, and, you know, maybe that's adjusting to a new system where our wing-backs, full-backs are really getting forward. I think Jamie Record's been an ex excellent mm. signing. Um, loves getting forward. Um, maybe you're always going to put yourself under pressure from that, but I think it is those those wide balls that are causing us the most problems. And, you know, it does start from, from the midfield to put pressure on, onto the back four, back five, back three, however you want to, want to talk about it. And yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard, especially with the two formations that, that we've been playing. Um, I think there's been, I don't think any one of the defensive players has been excellent every single game. Um, and perhaps that's, that's what we need, but Ben, it's a good point. I mean, we considered some very sloppy goals last season, didn't we? Um, and we don't, I think there's so much quality in this division um, that you know, take advantage of, of those mistakes, but it, it does need to change. It does need to change, and they, and they know that. Um, not keeping a clean sheet is, 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 is not good enough. And um, Grant Smith... <sighs> Yeah, I, I agree. I, I have a few a few concerns, but I don't think he could have done too much yesterday. Um, sometimes it's just his positioning that worries me a little bit. Um, but he's now under pressure from from Will Buse, who was doing a lot of press ups after the game yesterday. He's ready. He is ready. So it will be interesting to see um, how long Grant Smith gets. And I think if he makes any other errors, then then he will be under under real pressure from Buse. Okay. Yeah, well, they've, got, they've, they've got dumbbells out after the game. <laughs> they were sat giving it the old arm curls. There you go. Yeah. Well, 
I'm going to come back to a question about um, uh, about the loans in a minute because I want to ask my own GCQ. I haven't used the hashtag either, but neither has Gareth Aspinall, who I mentioned before is an altering resident. But he asked an interesting question here, which I'm going to put to you, Ben, to start with. Question. It's a good way to start a question. Uh, tempo slash pace of play. We took the lead, then slowed the game. Didn't seem interested in trying to get a second. Killing the pace really frustrated Altrincham, but it also it almost meant we didn't counterattack quickly. Thoughts? Oh, thoughts. Um, it's a really interesting point, actually, because I felt for the first time at the back end of both of the halves, we were starting to feel feel the fitness a little bit i thought that towards the end we were flagging a little bit and obviously jory johnson and lawson both came off with with cramp at the end of the first half we felt a little bit lazy the two slide tackles that got nowhere near the lads running through on goal for the first they, they felt lazy they felt lazy because they didn't have the legs in them to, to do a proper chase back so for the first time i felt like we were we were tired oh, showed elements of tiredness we weren't tired um and he's right actually killing the pace really did frustrate Altrium but that goes completely against Hargreaves ball the whole point of Hargreaves ball is to be quick is to be exciting is to be attacking and it's all it's all a game of give and take isn't it you play 3-5-2 you accept that you're going to be overrun at times in the fullback areas it's a give and take you play 4-4-2 you accept that you're going to be in uh, missing those overloads in a forward positions that you were expecting to do because you've got the extra person there so it's all give and take. It's about how you set your team out and we play a certain way. And yeah, um, it was two footballing teams who wanted the ball, but Ultram had far more of the ball. So what do you do? Do you change your ethos and, and go against the way you've been playing and try and do what Barnett did to us? Or do you stick to your guns and try and get you through the way that you believe is the best way to go? And we went with plan B and it was almost, almost the perfect way of doing it. How about you, Sharon? Well, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I think that's not sustainable, that kind of pace that we had against Barnett for 46 games. It's just not. And you probably do need to adjust slightly when you're away from home, particularly at the, with a side that likes having the ball. And, you know, if that goal doesn't go in at the end, we're talking about a 2-1 win and we say, well, we got the job done. Doesn't matter how we did it. Perhaps wasn't as pretty football as we saw on, on Tuesday night, but it but it happened and it got the win. So it's all circumstantial, isn't it? We do have a lot of a lot of pace, particularly um record getting forward. Um Worthington, you know, that is our strength. But it's not sustainable. You just can't do that for for 46 games. Um, and particularly when you're playing Tuesday, Saturday, Saturday, Monday. Um, and Chris Hargreaves wanted the win. He wanted to get the win however he could, and it's not usually a bad thing to frustrate the opposition, is it? So, um, again, another learning curve, perhaps. Um, it was just it was just patchy. I think that's the problem. We had high-intensity periods, and then we dropped it slightly. Um, so maybe just need to get it a bit more um, on a level um, as to how we're going to approach the game and maybe we'll learn more when we get that first win on how you see that that out um but it it it, it certainly is an interesting question and that's where perhaps you've got to credit the opposition and uh spoke to to say the report of non-paper saying they never give up and they fight and i have to say credit to Walshingham because they did not give up they never thought that game was over 
Um, so yeah, I, I understand the frustration, but um, yeah, if we'd have won it, it'd have been a different conversation, wouldn't it? Absolutely. We're well, going on to some slightly light, lighter-hearted um, questions with regards to yesterday's game. Uh, Clevo asks um, both of you, what was the view like from the Altrincham press box? The PA had his work cut out relaying the message to, to Altrincham fans not to walk in front of it. And has anyone lost a set of keys? If, for those of you who weren't at the game, the Altrincham um, and that PA announcer repeatedly asked um, if anybody had lost a key and told people where to go. Um, Matt Crivelli here has said that uh, his friend uh, Tim Ray was going to go and claim just to stop the guy banging on about them. Did, did they ever find the owner of the keys? You know, that's the real question we're all asking, eh? I don't think so, is the honest no. answer. Um, that's what, heartbreaking. What's What's strange about the, uh, the the PA announcements for the press box, don't walk in front of the press box, that they kept saying, is that he's in the press box. It, right. is just, it is just quicker for him to sit outside of his little box and just ask the person not to walk in front of it than tell the entire stadium for the vast 85% of the people won't go anywhere near the press box at any point during the game. But for the 12 people that might cross my path, he decided to inform the whole place. We were thinking um, about doing a conga at one point. We were gonna, <laughs> we were all gonna get together, and uh, yeah, the whole away end was gonna come and walk past you. All. Well, it, it would have been entertaining if nothing else. Um, yeah. yeah, it was. The Ultimate press box is weird. It's not connected to anything, so we have um, was, the internet by the sounds of it. Exactly that. So we had all manner of technical difficulties <laughs> pre pre match, trying to just to get online with a four G dongle. And two sets of equipment, one that is nothing more than a glorified potato um, with wires coming out of it. Credit to Sharon. How you managed to get us online, Sharon, I do not know. But you did. I had a couple of comments saying I was a little bit quieter, but I just didn't want to play with, push, push, push any buttons for fear that the <laughs> internet would just switch off. So I just had to yeah, shout a little bit more when I was talking instead. Um, so... Pressbox was fine unless you were trying to see one of two corners, in which case it was a real difficulty, mm. or the fourth official's board because he didn't hold it our way particularly well. So other than that, very, very high up in the sky. Um, yeah, it was strange. We have, uh, we've learned, I, I've learned this, this early part of the season that there are very few press boxes in the country at our level that are anywhere near the standard of Hewish Parks. Mm. And Altrium is yeah, not... Yeah, I'd, I'd, love, I'd love to be at Hewish Park every week. Honestly, the stress. Um, and then I've had it every time I've been to Oshigan, I've been three times and we've always struggled to get online. So um, thank you for bearing with us if you listen to us. And I think we got through the 90 minutes unscathed. Um, but yeah, it's the, the corner we can't see. Um, and there's a nice like, bollard in front of us. But I do like the height. I like that you can see yes. across the pitch, um, which often you don't get in uh, National League press boxes. But yeah, and also word on the PA announcer. He just kept coming over to me and saying, I, I've told everyone to not you know, walk across. And I was like, it's fine. I don't, I'd rather see the corner, but it's fine. <laughs> so it was, it was all, all good. And they were very friendly indeed. So um, they need one yeah. of those mirrors don't for another they? year. They need one of those mirrors like you get on a tight corner on the, on the road where you can just like angle it towards that corner so you can, you can go around it. But... A huge mirror on the far side of the ground, yeah. just above. That would work. It would yeah. work. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, we've got, we've got a few more questions, but I'm going to ask my question to start with with regards to, to, to the loan players. So you've mentioned there about the loan players that we do have. So just looking at our six, um, Sam Perry, 
has featured quite a bit. Sam Pearson has featured quite a bit. Will Boos hasn't featured as goalkeeper, so you can only have one of them. But when I look at the other three, Matt Prevosti, I think he had a little spell against Scunthorpe, obviously a little spell yesterday at Altrinham. Finley Kresk, not, 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 not seen or heard. Alfie Pond, relatively newcomer, not, not seen or heard. Are we wasting some of these loans on young players who really aren't going to aren't going to do it? And if they are going to do it, why haven't we seen them yet? Either of you can cool. answer that. It's a it's a great question. It really is. Um, I'm not sure where is cast Christ Christ C R A S K E. I'm going to say Krask Krask Krask. It's C-R-A, so it can't be cask, I don't think. Oh, is it? I thought it was C-A-R. C-R-A-S-K. You're the real journalist amongst us, Sheridan. What is it? Crask or crask? <laughs> I think it's crask. Crask. We'll go crask. All right. Okay. Um, I, I don't really know what position he is. Is he a left back? And such, he's not going to get anywhere near record's position. I don't know. Um, very oh. highly thought of. As is Alfie Pond, very highly thought of. And same as Matty Gravosti. Gravosti felt like a bit of a, a, a trigger signing off the back of Knowles departing. And I think Chris Todd called in a favour off a guy that he, a player that he knows from the English colleges system quite well. And it was a bit of a bit of a punt of, let's make a call. Bolton were like, yeah, why not? Let's give him a go down there. I don't think Gravosti is going to hang around for very long. Uh, I think it's only a short-term deal. I imagine he'll go back after that short-term deal. I think he's got plenty of ability in the small moments that I've seen him, but it's a big jump to go from Warrington Town to Bolton for a pre-season and then go straight out to the National League. I think that's a lot of jumps in one go. And again, I think that's the sort of thing. He strikes me as a sort of signing where he'll pop up on a uh, Vidi printer scoring for somebody in League One, League Two in a couple of years' time. We'll go... Oh yeah, that was the lad we had on loan, wasn't it? And I think he'll—he's probably got a good future, but it might just be one jump too soon, too quickly for him. Crast, cast, Karski, car, blah 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 blah. Um, we don't know. We just don't know. We haven't seen him. This—this this is where we don't have because we don't have a reserve team. Mm. Well, there's no there's no football for these to play. Like I'm not sure we're in the middle of an under 18s pre-season. Can we squeak him in a friendly? in there before they start their league game? Can we give them a 90 minutes or is that detrimental to the lads in the under 18 system? I just think they could do with a bit of football somewhere. We haven't got, we've got a buy in the first round of the, of the uh, premier cup of the men's premier cup. Haven't we from the Somerset FA? We haven't got an FA trophy game for a while. We haven't got an FA cup game for a while against the lower league side. They're just not going to get any football. And I don't know how you chuck them in. Same with Alfie Pond. You couldn't have just chucked him in yesterday. So where's he going to get his football? Do we need a mid season friendly? I don't know. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think the ones we're talking about who we haven't seen are, this sounds silly, but they're big positions. They're big positions. They're goalkeeper. They're centre-half. You bring them on and you chuck them in. I mean, imagine chucking in Will Buse after a Grant's fifth mistake. I mean, that goes wrong. It ruins, potentially, his early career. Um, and then puts pressure on, on Hargreaves again to put Grant's back on. Same with Max Hunt, Josh Staunton, Ben Richards, Everton, all proven defenders. We've got Alpha Pond, an 18-year-old, highly rated. Absolutely. I mean, extra fans absolutely rave about him. But it's a big, big position in a physical league. Um, 
and I think the reason you're seeing a bit of gravosity is it's that position that you can be a little bit more risky with. Pearson, I think it's crucial. I don't know about you, but we sign him on for longer. Hopeful that he'll be back for next week. But um, Perry, jury's still out for me. Um, I think when he has Pearson there, he looked a lot stronger. Um, but, you know, dropped to the bench yesterday. Kind of sums it up. Um, however, I think there's something in there. But, yeah, I think surely a loan signing who's not getting in even into the squad isn't going to hang around for, for too long you would think and that opens up a bit more and you are getting to that point where potentially you can sign league one league two players who aren't can't get into the side but it, but it is it is something something to note and uh, I'm sure it will come up in the in the press conference about these these loan players and whether we are gonna gonna see them again um because it's just a very high pressured environment and you know they're now part of a men's football team that hasn't won yet under a new manager you know that's all a, a great learning curve for them off the pitch but I doubt we're going to see um, those positions in the next couple of weeks um, whether the results go our way or not to be honest. Mm. Uh, Frask is with us all season long by the way. Mm. That's what I'm thinking. So I do wonder if he's got a if he's kind of been told obviously comes from from Plymouth and, and Darren Way will have known all about him and whether or not they would have told him, look, you might have to wait for your chance, but you're there all year to go and get a full season of experience in. I don't Which know I, I can absolutely understand what works for him. I can absolutely understand why Plymouth want mm. that. I can absolutely understand that with Alfie Pond as well. And I know Chris Arkey's mentioned before Saturday that he was giving him questions, asking him questions in, um, as in his performances were asking questions in, in training. But for us, for the Oval Town, can we afford to have these players? Because Sheridan rightly says that, that these are positions that are, you know, they are high pressure positions. But if we've got young players that we're thinking, mm, well, we can't really throw them in there. What's the point in having them there? I, I'm sure they are highly rated and I'm, I'm sure they're there. But for us, and we've got to think of ourselves here, it's great to have these players I'm for Exeter and, and Flinger. But for us, is it a good thing? I I question whether it is, and I question the reason why we've got these young players in there. Because is that all we can get? Is that all the budget will stretch to? We were told when Tom Knowles was sold that the, that money would be would be available. Why why have we why have we got these players if we're if we're not playing them? Would be would be my question. I don't think us three can answer it, but I think it is a it's a it's a it's an interesting point and maybe one that we'll come on to. Anyway. Let's not labour on it because we do have a, a, another question and, it's that, and that was my question. So it's not really fair for me to be asking <laughs> questions, is it? But because um, there is one here from Ryan Peasland, um, which says, um, what is um, what is the point at which you take serious note of the league table? Yesterday could have been three points of fifth with the win. Instead, we're second from bottom. Psychologically, does it have an effect? No. No, no, no. It's far too early. Far okay. too early. Christmas. Christmas. Christmas, Christmas is <laughs> when it's cyclone. What about the what about Green Day, Ben? Yeah, it is it's the Green Day rule for me. Haven't done Maybe a lot yet. recently, have they, Green Day? No, they haven't. Um <laughs> they've been busy letting fans know that uh, the table doesn't matter until the first of October. <laughs> right. I mean, when you look at our um fixtures between now and the Start of October. Where do you see us uh, 
picking up. Well, I said, where do you see us picking up wins? And this is ridiculous because if you'd have looked at our start to the season um, and you'd have seen us away at Scunthorpe, new team, you'd seen us um, home to Barnet, um, home to Wrexham, then home to Barnet, and then away at um, at Altrincham, you'd have thought, okay, Scunthorpe, like, let's write off Wrexham. Scunthorpe, Barnet and Altrincham, we could, we could pick up points there, couldn't we? Uh, and Wrexham's the one where we probably weren't expecting to, but by the sounds of it, we played we played really well. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't be worried about having Dagenham mm-hmm. and Chesterfield and whatever between now and the, the end of September. No, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely not. not. No, it's Vanarama. It's the Vanarama. It's mental. Yeah. It's mad. I'm, it doesn't I'm, matter who you're playing. I'm more worried about Dorking at the start of October. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're doing all right, aren't they? Dorking. Yeah, yeah they are. A, qu- a quick look at Dagenham. Picked up the first win yesterday. Couldn't score against Woking. Threw away a lead against... Um, or came back from behind uh, against Gateshead. Um, yeah, late goal against Eastley conceded. Only just scraped past Maidenhead yesterday. Look at Wealdston. Good result for them yesterday, actually. 1-0 against Halifax, but everyone's beating Halifax at the moment. Beat Oldham, good result, but lost to Eastley. Um, York started brightly, but beat Woking yeah, and that's it. So up I mean, and down. It really no is up cons- and down. There's no consistency for anyone. Eastley maybe are the best team of that at the moment. They put in a really good performance against Wrexham, but came out on the wrong side, and then beat York yesterday. By all accounts, not playing all that well. So I'm really not concerned. South End on the first of October feels like a point, a line in the sand where we can kind of judge who will be where in the season. But honestly, these first few weeks have been so bonkers. I mean, you only got to look at Scunthorpe yesterday. 3-0 up against <laughs> one of the best teams at, at Solihull Moors. And you're thinking, we were sat there thinking, crikey, our defeat against Scunthorpe looks really good now, doesn't it? And by the end of the game, Solihull has scored four and flipped it round. Uh, no, I'm not concerned. Wake me up when September ends. Okay. The answer is no. Ryan, um, I, I would say psychologically, I think it has an effect on some people on social media. Psychologically, Correct. it yes. definitely does. Correct. Yeah. They shouldn't be allowed. When I take over football, when I take over all of football <laughs> and run FIFA, no one will be allowed to put a league table out until 10 games are played. <laughs> tell tell Barnett's social media team then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> Question from Paddy, the OG. Will we see some squad rotation with two games in short succession? We have kind of touched on this already, but let's touch on it again. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely have to. There's no way that we can ask those players to play at that intensity for 180 minutes inside two and a bit days. There's just no way. I think we'll see a bit more Jimmy Torre. We'll probably only see Lawson for one whole game rather than two. Hopefully we'll have some Pearson back by then. Who knows? Maybe we will see a change defensively at some point. Maybe Richards Everton comes back in and Hunt takes a step out or Williams takes a step out or Staunton moves back into midfield. So I think we're going to see more of this flexibility. And uh, yeah, I I, I genuinely think we will see quite a lot of rotation, actually. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous that they have to play twice in, in three days. It really is. It's the only division that does it, isn't it? And it's just, imagine Jurgen Klopp, he wouldn't be happy, would he? So, um, I do feel for them. happy anything that fellow at the moment. True, true. Um, I I do think it's silly. I do think it's silly. And um, we have a great fitness, great level of fitness. But you just physically can't do that. You just can't. You've got no time for recovery, plus the travel time. 
um, from Yeovil to, to Wealdstone. So, yeah, we'll see squad rotation. And that'll be good. That'll be good. It'll be a chance to see some of the other players and to, to see what we've got. And um, uh, I think we won't see too many changes for the home game. Um, but I imagine on bank holiday Monday, there'll be a few changes. Okay, so the answer to the previous question was no. The answer to this question is yes. So that leaves us the last question, which comes from Hewis Hugh, with a little bit of lol at the end of it. Um, with energy bills soaring, can you afford all the scro all the scrolling required to find the seaside scummers in the National League South table? Ben Barrett. Uh, no, I can't afford it. it uh, although I have fixed my energy bill at an extortionate rate for the next couple of years, so I'm willing to give it a go in the benefit of science. So bear with me. Scrolling. Still scrolling. Still scrolling here. Down there. No. Chelmsford oh, City. Uh, no. no. Hempstead. They're rubbish. Yeah. Yeah. Farnborough. They're rubbish. After all our saying that the table doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. That is true. Shippenham Town have only Table played twice. unless Weymouth are bottom. <laughs> there there's, we go. There seems, there seems to be an error because there's there's nothing in the win column or the draw column for Weymouth. Oh, damn. All right. Okay. A lot of zeros or, there. Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> I'm not sure zero is a good way to end a podcast, but um, how about almost. we call... Yeah, almost. How about we call it a day there? We come back on Thursday for Friday. Um, we talk about Dagenham. And we're all fully refreshed. We might even have Ian Perkins. He might grace us with his presence by that point. We should be so lucky. Right. Yeah. Thank Unless you very much. down the Giants Causeway. Yeah, probably. Thank you very much for your company, Sheridan. Thank you very much for joining in. Thank, Thank you very you. much for having me by your side for three out of the past four games. You haven't got to worry <laughs> about me until Oldham, probably. <laughs> Thank you. Pleasure as always. And thank you all for listening. Bye-bye. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris, expanding via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil.